everybody. This is the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are so excited today. We have a our first three-time guest. This is an epic day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm Rachel Ambers here. Hi, everybody. Yes, we have Catherine Disher is here. Can you believe you are our first three-time guest? I think this is the first time I've ever been invited anywhere three times. So... <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> well, we just think you're the greatest, so we just had to have you on for a third time. So, well, thank you for asking me, and I I, I have to you know sort of warn you that my if my voice sounds uh, choppy, it's because it is. I'm getting over being I'm getting over the set cold that everybody seems to have had for the mm -hmm. past month. Yeah. Well, we'll just pretend <laughs> you're you're super method voice acting, preparing for your. <laughs> Your next role for the next episode of laryngitis yeah, yeah. <laughs> or my next role as a man is what i'm beginning to sound like so yeah <laughs> i'll try well, to from being, from the microphone yeah so aside from being sick how uh, how have you been i've been great it's uh it, the season is going great we're having tons of fun and we've been working with some new directors and who have different ways of doing stuff. And so it's all kind of, you know, making me, making my brain work. So that's always fun. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on, uh, on season five uh, renewal last time. I know. It's crazy. Really? When you think we've been doing this in one form or another for what, 12 years, 11 yeah. years. Amazing. Yeah. It really uh, is crazy. Yeah. Who'd have thought, right? <laughs> no, I just feel so grateful and so lucky and, you know, so grateful to the people who watch it and who love the show. And uh, I, I really do. I feel like I have a job because, because of all the fans and I'm very appreciative and very grateful. Yes. And we're appreciative that nobody has left yet because we really like the show. It's our favorite one of the Hallmark series. Easily. So Easily. <laughs> For real. Uh, so yeah, that's, we're really excited about the new season and you know me with my love of animation. So I have to ask a couple animation questions before we dive into sure. So I don't know if you got to see the uh, 25th anniversary X-Men animated series uh, panel that they uh, did at WonderCon, the, all the, the founders and whatever the writers uh did you have a chance to watch that no i didn't i didn't even realize it was online uh, they have we have been in touch with them they were going to come up to toronto and try to do a panel here yeah and that fell through and they've sent me the book and they interviewed me for the book and uh so i know there's a lot of interest around it and they're going to try to get us all to go to some comic con and i think it's in i want to say texas but I, i'm not sure oh. I, should, I, I i might be wrong about that in the spring and um so yeah, I know there's there's yeah. quite a bit of interest and in they generated around the book and around the the 25th anniversary. Yeah. So Eric Luold, I guess, Luold, uh, yeah. uh he's the one who wrote the book uh and one of the writers and uh, it was really interesting. They had like four or five people on the panel and uh I really thought it was interesting. He said that they gave three reasons why the show was a success. And I was curious for your thoughts. The first one sure. was that it was a great, they had a great basis for the TV show in the X-Men Mutants 
comics was the first reason so they really went to the actual comics and really fed off of that source material and they were talking about and they were talking about all the like easter eggs and the 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 um all the cameos that were basically in in the show and um so i thought that was interesting and then the second was he said we treated the characters as real adults with adult lives and emotions and then the third was we thought of x-men as a family with xavier charles xavier as the father so i was curious what you thought about that uh i i agree with all those things i mean i think um uh i i did not know the comic books before i did the show and i also think that they uh they used them as a basis but they did uh they did kind of deviate from you know they they added to them they didn't just you know uh slavishly adhere to them is my understanding and yeah i definitely agree with the we treated them like adults even though it was a cartoon that was of course intended for uh younger people you know, kids to watch on Saturday morning. It didn't talk down to them. It was about, it really struggled with um, larger issues of, of mm-hmm. uh, ethical issues, you know, and mm-hmm. doing what is right. And, um, you know, what the, what the moral thing to do is. And they were, there were large issues that struggled with. And so it was really interesting to do. And it was probably the best written because of that it was the best written cartoon I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it required kind of real, you know, emotion and real acting, you know, if you will. And it's why they had us in the room for the most part of it. Towards the end, we used to record separately, but for a long time, there were, you know, eight of us in that room, which was kind of chaotic. But uh, being in the same room really added to the, the give and take between the characters. And sorry, what was the third thing? The third thing was uh, that we thought of the X-Men as a family with Charles Xavier as the father. Yeah, really interesting. Although there's some, you know, there's a little bit of incest going on in that family that some of the characters were, uh, you know, kind of romantically involved. But, um, but yeah, no, definitely. It was, um, it was like being part of a team, you know, and I think that's, it's sort of what we all, on some level, strive for. We want to feel like we're part of the team. We're part of, you know, like-minded people and we have each other's back and, yeah. you know, look at friends, for instance, for all those years, how successful that was. And that's because everybody could imagine themselves having a close knit group of people who, so I, I, I think that's, um, that they belong to. And I, I, so I, I agree with all of those things. And I know that, you know, I've, I've talked to them endlessly and I've, I know all their, you know, their arguments and, they even said that the, the directors, when they went to do the movies, um, the, the, the director has said, have said that they used the, the comic book, uh, not the, the cartoon, more, in fact, in some cases in the comic books as mm-hmm. source material for the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were saying that about uh, Days of Future Past, which is, I think, the best of the X-Men movies, uh, that, uh, that, they, that the directors of that movie used the... the animated series more as inspiration than the actual days of future past comic which yeah i thought was interesting i thought it was really interesting they said they really believed that kids liked challenging material which i think is yeah really true and it's, it's one reason why kids who listened to it or watched it back then when they were kids are still big fans 
mm-hmm. because it, it wasn't um, uh, it w- didn't talk down to kids. It uh, it kind of dealt with larger issues, and of course, there's the action and the humor, the you know, and all that other stuff that goes along with it. Um, but yeah, I agree. They didn't make it childish. It wasn't a, it was a cartoon for children, but it wasn't childish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think so. And uh, he just said, if we get this one chance to do a more sophisticated show, we are going to push it as far as we can. And uh, so anyway, it's, it's, I'll put a link down if anybody wants to listen to the WonderCon panel. I'll put a, a link down. It was really interesting, I think, and that uh, that I think a lot of times we think that kids are sort of more fragile than they really are, that they can handle, they like things that, that challenge them, like you said. <laughs> I know I did, yeah. for sure. Make you think well, the fact is that kids are, you know, we think they're unaware, but they're not. They're very aware of the larger, more serious issues that are going on, and I think yeah. what's more frightening to children is not discussing those issues, the sense that they're so big or so bad that no one's going to discuss them. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers was a yeah. big proponent. Yeah. If you've seen that documentary, which is fascinating so about good. Mr. Rogers. Um, so, you know, kids, I think it's more worrisome to kids when those larger issues or moral issues are not discussed because yeah. it gives them the sense that there's something so horrible there or so scary that no one wants to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. Very, very good. All right. Well, we can get back to the world of Hallmark after the depression. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready to participate now. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. Uh, I really is. I love talking. Uh, I love talking to voice actors in general, but I love talking to you about it. So it's really. Well, I, you know, I'll say one. I'll add one thing. I went because I I do a voice in Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's a recurring character. It's not a regular character of, of Queen, uh, Queen Saturday. And I, um, it wasn't until I went to see the documentary because I never actually really watched Mr. Rogers as a kid uh-huh. where I sort of got the sense of where all of the Daniel Tiger's animation came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really fascinating for me, having been yeah. a part of the, the cartoon now for a few years. Yeah, that would be really interesting. It's such a good documentary. It's It's in my... Uh, top five movies of the year uh, i love it yeah so uh, that's cool yeah i think there's a good there's a good uh i think a good double bill would be ruth bader ginsburg and yeah uh mr rogers because they're both people yeah. that kind of give you this sense of hope that there are people who are just out there trying to do the right thing not for personal gain but for you know the general well-being of of, of society and I, I think that sort of you know, they're, they're sort of warriors for that. I, 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 uh, I, I enjoyed both of those. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think Hallmark fans would really enjoy RBG because it's actually a love story, the documentary. I know. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, between her and her husband, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, really and it's quite an extraordinary one for the time, too, mm-hmm. and, and how supportive he was and what a mm-hmm. warrior he was for her. You know, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into the Good Witch. This is so okay. Cool. Again, we love the show. We love covering it, and we can't say that about all the Hallmark shows. But anyway, <laughs> um, so this last time we talked to you, it was right before the finale. 
Yeah. And holy cow, this was quite a finale. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) A lot happened. Yes. So Abigail becomes a member of the council because she wants to get this, this is a tree removed or something like that from her front of her store. I, th- I believe, right, Amber? Yeah, yeah. And I let her on because I want her, she's willing to take on the work. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. You can do this. Yeah. And only to sort of, you know, it shoots me in the foot. I've shot myself in the foot <laughs> later on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would you describe Abigail and Martha as friends at this point in their... Uh... You know, I think uh, for a long time, I used to play... Martha's relationship with Abigail, and I don't even know if the writers took notice of this, but I used to play it like Martha was sort of terrified of Abigail. Like she didn't know what Abigail was going to do next, and she didn't trust her as far as she could throw her. Um, Sort of the way that she, I used to sort of, in the very beginning of the movies, kind of the way I used to, Martha used to view uh, Kathy. And um, I think over time, because I've come to sort of admire Abigail because of her uh because of how smart she is and because of the way that she operates um but definitely I just think that the worst thing you can do for Martha is take away her gavel and make her a citizen of Blairsville I mean that was just like that was just a kick in the pants you know it was adding insult to injury yeah we were so shocked that they went there they went to blairsville how dare they (laughs) this is a game of thrones (laughs) well i have to say you know these halloween movies which i love because it harks back to the origin of this whole you know good witch uh saga so i love the halloween movies and um you know martha Martha struggles to find out, you know, to figure out who she is. If she's not mayor of Middleton and she feels a bit rejected by Middleton. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just to let you know that she's, uh, she's kind of, she's feeling a bit on the outs in Middleton and uh, Blairsville seems willing to embrace her. Who wouldn't? She's the best. Yeah. (laughs) I love it so much. So is she going to kind of return to a sort of more of a, villainous kind of like she was more in the movies uh character versus- i wouldn't call her a villainous i i think martha is more of a catalyst mm-hmm. you know she kind of uh starts things and um there's the uh so in the movie middleton is is facing off against blairsville for the bicentennial halloween harvest festival as and they, they do. you know yeah, it's like, as they do, I know. It's sort of like, all of a sudden, what? Oh, that's a tradition. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but it's kind of like the Halloween Olympics. And Martha's extremely competitive. And she's a bit, you know, she's a bit angry at Middleton. She feels a bit rejected by them. So, um, you know, things can happen. Does wow. she feel especially rejected by Jared, the turncoat? Oh, Jared. How I miss Jared. <laughs> we were so actually... mad at him. <laughs> he'd been, I know. He'd been so great and so, like, making sure she's safe and watching out for her and all this stuff. And then, like, the minute she loses the position, he was like, so, Mayor Abigail, what do you want? We were I... like, what? 
Give me your gavel. I know. In fact, when we shot that scene where he was explaining the town lines and asking for my gavel, I think he was really nervous because when he came in, he literally with that easel and that tripod he had to put the, you know, the thing on and he like fell all over the place, dropped the easel, the thing collapsed. I don't know whether they kept that in or not, but it was very funny because he was just like sort of nervous and bumbling and it, he didn't mean to the actor, but um, he knew it was momentous news. So he kind of, it just all collapsed around him. It was very funny. <laughs> oh man. We were so mad at him for just abandoning Martha. I was like, at the very least, Jared will stand by her. Nope. <laughs> oh no. I know. And everything's Blairsville. Everything was coming up Blairsville in that last episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think that it's like it's like a red flag to a bull to even say the word to Martha. But, you know, like I said, in this Halloween special, she uh she's kind of conflicted because she's very competitive and she wants to show Middleton what they're missing. I would be fine with her becoming a Blair's <laughs> villain for the next season where she's the, the bad guy, but I also would just be fine if she was just the hero of everything. So <laughs> I know I wanted my office back. That's I love that set. And I, um, I said to Abigail, I said to Sarah Power who plays Abigail, I said, it's not fair. You have the flower shop set, you live in gray house and now you've got my office set as well. <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> well, we figured Abigail is not going to like being mayor. Like it just doesn't like she would like the power, but like being in government is pretty tedious. Uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't think she's going to like it. No, it's way too much work for Abigail. Yeah. I mean, and on behalf the time of when she people, was doing the like advice chocolates and she only was interested for five minutes, this will be another yeah. chocolate. <laughs> I know it's gone on a little longer than five minutes. So I too thought this was going to be a very short, you know, <laughs> But, you know, Abigail sort of tends to like the power, but I agree. She's sort of essentially a bit lazy and wants all the attention and the credit, but doesn't really want to, it's too much work for her. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, whatever they come up with will be really fun. And I, I think that that's what separates The Good Witch from these other shows is that is the funny, is the humor. And the, the uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just more... I also think the Good Witch isn't afraid to let their characters evolve, which is just natural and great. Anyway, yeah, we we love the Good yeah, Witch. Yeah, I, I had trouble with that at first, frankly, because I was the bad guy in the first movie, and then I was sort of badish for the next movie or two. But mm -hmm. I always I got around that for me for myself as an actor by sort of saying, well, you know, Cassie makes everybody want to be a better person. She makes Martha want to be a better person, and so it allows Martha to have those sort of baser impulses and then to redeem herself um, largely because of, you know, Cassie steering her in the right direction. Um, so gradually over the years, I have gotten nicer and the producers would say that to me. They'd say, well, Martha's evolving. She's getting nicer. And I'm like, I'm not sure I know how to do that. <laughs> but yeah. it's kind of happened gradually over 12 years. And now I just, Martha sort of thinks herself as one of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, they yeah they've done a good job with that with the the characters growing and evolving but also uh just having that chemistry and really i i feel like they do a good job of showcasing all of the characters like they all get their moments so you you leave kind of 
satisfied and you don't feel like oh let's move on from the the sam and cassie show like it, it it's like you get a little bit of that and then you're moving on to a little bit of another thing i remember you said something to the effect of that the writers particularly asked like who would you like scenes with who would you like to and i i think that that you can really show that that they're they're trying to to have a real ensemble show which i appreciate well i think for them yeah and that was the we have a new showrunner this year writer slash showrunner um and so that's always an interesting and sometimes difficult transition it's always an interesting transition because of course you know, our last two showrunners have both been there for two seasons each. And, mm-hmm. um, and so they get a chance to kind of, you know, evolve the stories and evolve the characters in a certain way and kind of, and then somebody else comes in and they have a whole different idea about, you know, maybe what's going to happen. So that's always, um, it, it's fresh ideas, but it's also a bit of a, um, a it can be a bit of a, a Uh, wake-up call going oh wait a minute so stuff is not going to go maybe the way I thought it was going to go because now somebody else is kind of you know um has their own fresh perspective on it uh but yeah I I so that was that showrunner who said to me that was the showrunner who was in seasons um three and four who said so look you know who do you not get to do a lot of uh a lot of scenes with and and who would you like to and uh and, and that's a real, that's the art of this show or any other show, frankly, is because Middleton is a character. It's almost like there's Cassie and Sam and Cassie's love life and Cassie's family. And then there's Middleton, the town and everybody else who are, you know, sort of an equal participant in the show and, and balance that. And uh, so there's a, it, it's a big balancing act. And um, as you said, I think it, it provides kind of, uh, a deeper, you know, a wider storyline, but the whole thing is trying to tie it all together. So, you know, you can have an A story and a B story, and at some point they should be sort of thematically, if not directly connected, you know. <laughs> it's not easy when you have that many regular characters trying to balance all that. Yeah. Talk about this this movie to, that's going to air tonight. So it's The Tale of Two Hearts is the um, tagline. Yeah. yeah. Arrowick Family Heirloom, The Heart of Middleton which is a 100-carat ruby, and it's stolen from the town's museum. And it's, uh, it, it sort of holds the key to romance in Middleton. And, of course, Halloween for Halloween is a whole bunch of holidays rolled into one for Middleton. I, I joke that sometimes, like last year, it almost felt like we were turning it into Christmas, and this year it feels a bit like we're turning it into um, to Valentine's Day a little bit. And so... Um, yeah, so it's so this heart of Middleton, this ruby, is uh, basically the magical glue that that uh, that has uh, that sways romance in Middleton, and it's stolen. Ooh, <laughs> there's there's so many so many things that are the the heart of of Middleton. Well, there's that flower <laughs> that that the flower. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's how it's such a magical place. There's yeah. so many magical hearts. That's right. That's right. It's true. No, it's true. Um, I know. Suddenly these, these things come up and they're like, well, that's always been there. We've always been. Uh, I know. But that's the fun of it. You know, coming yeah. up with stuff like that is, is always fun. And, uh, and it, it's a town with deep, deep traditions. Yes. <laughs> So there, there's this festival that's also happening of some kind? There- uh, yes, apparently it's a yearly festival. 
and it is the bicentennial. It's the uh, the 200th anniversary of the Halloween Harvest Festival between Blairsville and uh, Middleton. So it's oh. a big event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the Halloween Olympics. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Think of all the things that you could do uh, in Halloween. Uh, there's, you know, pumpkin tossing and carving and all these things become serious, serious Olympic style events. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what do you think that Mayor Martha will, would actually end up liking about Blairsville? Cause she's hated it for so long, but now. <clears throat> I think she likes them if they like her. Right. <laughs> I think anybody who um, uh, flatters Martha enough and makes her feel important is somebody is is uh, somebody who she's going to give some time to. But you know, as I said, Martha does redeem herself usually uh, at the end of um, whatever episode and the poor choices she might have made during <laughs> the episode, um, and uh, she does end up redeeming herself. Yeah. Well, I guess, and I guess, according to the Hallmark website, Abigail gets pretty involved in this whole converse, uh, competition as well. That they, that it's, of course, she's going to have a real rivalry with Martha now that she took over her job. But, uh, but she gets involved in this competition quite a bit. Yes, and I think more. You know, I think at watching Abigail stick her elbows out and get more and more involved as mayor of Middleton is just, you know, it's just the thing that pushes Martha over the edge. Frankly, yeah, that'll be really good. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The so, nice they, thing, oh, sorry. We're outside. We we shot on a farm um, outside Toronto, so we were out, and it was you know incredibly hot for those. It was a huge heat wave up here for those weeks when we were shooting. So we're all out, you know, in the burning sun um, in fall clothing. But it was, uh, that's, what I like about this season in particular is that we have in the past shot the movie in August and then taken time off for them to kind of gather scripts and work on scripts and get, you know, the rest of the season kind of in order. And then, and, but what that meant was that we didn't get to shoot in September, which is one of the nicest months to shoot up here. And so this year, that's different. We're shooting right through. We didn't take a hiatus. So there's a lot more um, uh, being able to be outside a lot more, you know, in the early part of the fall in August uh, and September and October. So I think that's, it's not always middle. It's not always winter in Middleton. Winter is coming, but it's not always winter in Middleton. (laughs) So for a guy, you sick shooting outside all that. (laughs) You know what it is? It's literally just being working with 60 people every day and one yeah. person gets sick and it just gets passed around. What was it like for them to kind of create this festival out of nothing? That must have been kind of fun. Oh, that was hugely fun. That was really fun. I have to say, you know, being outside and um, all of the various events. Uh, yeah, it was very fun. It was like sort of face off at the OK Corral between Middleton and uh, Blairsville. Uh-huh. So that was kind of fun. I'm just going to let you, you know, guess as to which side Martha aligns herself with. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think that, do you see uh, Martha's relationship with Cassie kind of changing and evolving uh, with all of this? Uh, you know, matter? I think there's a real friendship. I think mm-hmm. between Martha and Cassie, that's a real friendship. Um, and 
and I, and I think it's evolved into that rather than Kathy just teaching Martha. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said, I think Martha thinks of herself as just a member of the Merowick family of mm-hmm. Kathy's family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she doesn't knock anymore. She just walks right in. And, uh, which is maybe why you don't want Martha living next to you because once she's crossed that boundary, there's no going back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think there's, it's a real friendship between, uh, between Martha and, and Cassie and, and, you know, Cassie, I, you know, Catherine Bell, I remember in the early days when I was sort of being very Martha ish and some other actors would sort of just roll their eyes at me as their characters. And <laughs> Cassie never did, you know, yeah. Catherine never did. It was all, she, she appreciated Martha and understood her and kind of, you know, and liked her, genuinely liked her from the very beginning. And that really helped me as an actor kind of, um, you know, play a little more with Martha, knowing that she had, uh, Cassie had her back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that Cassie is very, you know, optimistic character without being cloying. I think they managed to, to pull that off really well. I agree. I think, and I think we're large, largely that's due to, in large part, you know, it's also the script, but it's Catherine Bell. She mm-hmm. never seems, you know, precious to me. It's all very genuine and it's, uh, and it's not, you know, that know-it-all magic. It's really just seeing the best in people and being able to steer them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we love we love Catherine Bell. Uh, she, you know, she did her Fiji movie this uh, last summer, and that was really good. And one of I heard- yeah, we <laughs> we both really liked it. And you know, she's just and she is so good working with teenagers, uh, both obviously with Bailey, uh, but then also the girl on the um, on that movie in Fiji. It was really good. Yeah, she's got a daughter who's a teenager, and I think that's, you're right, she is right. Bailey just turned 19 Yeah. a few days ago. It's amazing. She started the show when she was 14. It's hard to believe, you know, that, and there she is, 19. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Like, I just, honestly, when I see Bailey, I just picture her as, like, the tiny little girl from Bridge to Terabithia. So thinking that she's <laughs> I know. 19 is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and she's a she's a social media star, Bailey, and I she's actually a she's such a lovely, lovely young woman. I'm not just you know blowing smoke or being you know blanketly yeah. blanketly supportive of a fellow actor in the show. She really is lovely. Like there's no one in this show who you don't kind of look forward to seeing on set, and that's a I think that that comes across too. Um, uh the you know genuine sort of comfortable moments between people and uh, i just think bailey's lovely yeah yeah she seems really great so we're glad to see that uh yeah that the whole cast is sticking with the the show and giving us another season and we're really looking forward to the movie uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun uh, <laughs> we, when is it? Is it this Sunday? Is it uh, that's yeah. October twenty first, right? Yes. So it's uh, it's yeah this this Sunday, uh, it'll that's be eight. on yeah on, on homework channel, and uh, yeah we will be uh, live tweeting the the movie at least we should be and and we'll be covering the the whole new season. When does the new season start? Do you know? Well, it generally seems to start airing in April. In April, I'm yeah. I'm not sure if that's, if that's their plan again. I, 
you know, I admire you for live tweeting. I cannot tweet. I tried once <laughs> and um, I, for another show, they asked us, you know, for the finale to be on Twitter and I set up an account and then I couldn't figure out, this is so ridiculous, but I could not figure out how to post a tweet. And I was trying, while I was listening to it, you know, watching the show and other, all cast members were like, oh, tweeting, can you believe that? Or look what's happening. And as soon as I thought of something and tried to type it, it took me so long to type it. And then I couldn't figure out how to post it. So I just gave up. <laughs> and then the next morning I woke up and I had like 10 followers or something. I thought, well, this is weird. Cause, and then I just canceled my account. So I'm, <laughs> I, I am the definition of Luddite. Um, so yeah. you'll never see me on media. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably just as well because it's kind of a it, it becomes too much very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the closest I come to being on social media is standing next to Bailey on set when she's got her phone out <laughs> making little sort of mini movies to post on Instagram, and there's me waving as the you know she points the phone at me. But that's about as close as I come to being on social media. Well, we'll have to encourage her to keep doing that because we like to see every now and then see how you're doing. But you, you can just make you can just make us coming on our show your social media. Well, that's right. I forgot this is a podcast, so technically I'm appearing on social media. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> three times, first time. Anybody three times. Three times. This is so exciting. Well, you're the best. We love you, and we're very excited for the movie. And so thank you so much for talking to us. Oh no, thank you. Thank you for, you know, for being so interested and, and, uh, and all the fans. I really, I deeply appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It's not just a job for me. I really do love playing Martha and I love her as a person, as a character. And I just, uh, I feel so really lucky and blessed to have been able to play her for so long. And that's because of people like you who, watch the show who are fans of the show and so i really really appreciate it thank you well let everybody on on the show let them know how much we appreciate all they do and, and you can uh, unofficially tell them we think they are way better than any other series <laughs> <laughs> For real? To, you know i i read about when calls the heart when have they aired and I, I forget now have they aired yet started airing they they air after Christmas usually, so in they have the Christmas special and then the season is I think right before. So this could be like what happens to her now that her husband is dead, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The shenanigans will be will be interesting. <laughs> and I've seen yeah. some photos from set where she is great with child. So, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah. wow. Is so. that a bizarre term? Great with child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like something you put on your resume under special skills. Great child. <laughs> Most ways to describe pregnancy are really awkward and <laughs> like okay. <laughs> but uh but it I mean it's it's a it's a good show for what it's trying to do. It's just it's just a little slow for me and I like the pacing of Good Witch much better. But uh, but anyway, we love the Good Witch, so let everybody know that they're Would in the family. <laughs> Yeah, if they ever want to come on the show, we're, we'll have any of them on the show, <laughs> literally. Uh, so, well, I will great. pass that along. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that, and we'll definitely have to, we'll definitely have a fourth time if 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 we're allowed. <laughs> to have a fourth time. I, I look forward to talking to you after the first couple episodes, maybe of the new season. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Sounds good. 
Love it. (laughs) Okay. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. We'd like to thank Catherine for coming on and talking with us. That was so much fun. Oh my gosh. She's incredible. Yeah. So great. So let us know what you thought of what she had to say, your excitement for the movie and for the upcoming season. Uh, put in the comment section or on Twitter. Let us know. And we would would love to talk about it. And we will definitely be live tweeting the uh, movie. And uh, so let us know. And if you're if you want to check out our podcast on the last season of Good Witch, uh, I'll put a link down to that playlist. You can listen uh, with our friend Georgia uh, that was with us for most of those episodes. And uh, we are going to be doing a recap of the movie and <laughs> a new episode of the Good Witch podcast uh, this week, and where we'll talk all about it. And it should be really fun. So, uh, so just make sure you're following the podcast on all the social media. So like I said, on Twitter, you can follow us when we live tweet. Uh, we've got a lot of really fun stuff coming up, uh, with our Christmas preview is coming up, which is epic. We're very excited about, and we have interviews and really cool things. Uh, we're very excited about countdown to Christmas. And, uh, so Amber, where can people find you? As always, I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So make sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think of what Catherine had to say and of The Good Witch. So thanks again, and we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye, everybody.